Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Thank you for joining me today. I've got the book of Jeremiah open in chapter 15, verse 16. It says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Now, Rebecca, we were talking about this prior to the show. You traced it to something in Ezekiel, didn't you? Yes. Is that chapter 3? Ezekiel, Ezekiel three, and uh, we're we're studying Revelation in my church's Bible class, and what they're doing is pretty unique, at least for me, is they're tracing the Old Testament roots of the New Testament prophecy, love it, and ways that it connects, especially to the Book of Daniel. I think maybe that's that's kind of a common thought, but also all of the different Old Testament um, visions, the forerunners that came that make sense when you look at the book of Revelation. What does that remind me of? And there is a passage in Revelation 10 um, that connects exactly to Ezekiel chapter 3, the eating of the scroll, and it tasted sweet as honey. The, the Revelation passage or no, the Ezekiel, the Ezekiel passage? No, Ezekiel 3. Well, I should, shouldn't I? Yeah, you should. That would, <laughs> that would be almost like show prep. <laughs> <laughs> but I can find it really quick. The book of Ezekiel chapter three, I believe it's verse three. And he said to me, son of man, he, the Lord is presenting the mm-hmm. prophecy to Ezekiel. And he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And then he said to me, son of man, now go to the people of Israel and speak my words to them. Fabulous. I love it. What was that uh, verse you were, you, you learned by singing it? Not that I'm going to make you sing, but I might. Oh, good. <laughs> what was that verse? <laughs> Suddenly I'm full of comfort. Oh, John 17. Uh, 17, 3, was verse it? Verse 3, yeah. Tell me that again. Now, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Now, do you feel like singing it? <laughs> that depends. Do I still have a job if I don't? No, no, you do. Absolutely you do. Okay. I'm not putting any pressure on you. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Ah, That's nice, isn't it? Ah, Nice job. Thank you. Okay, Beverly Canaris is in studio, so we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Psalm 23. Not Psalms, but Psalm 23. Take 60 seconds, we'll be right back. Listeners often tell us their radios are set to the Faith Radio FM signal in their city, and they rarely, if ever, change it. There is now a Faith Radio FM signal in all of the nine cities where we broadcast throughout the Upper Midwest and Hartford, Connecticut. Find the Faith Radio signal for your city at MyFaithRadio.com. Under the About tab, click on How to Listen, and you'll see our list of frequencies. Keep hope and encouragement locked in to Faith Radio on FM. The happiest people. They're the ones with the vacation home on each continent. No. They're the ones in perfect health. No. They're the ones whose team wins the Super Bowl. Oh, well, maybe. No. The happiest people are the most thankful people. Because when you focus on all that God has done for you, no matter what else is going on, it's really hard not to smile. 
So as you listen to Faith Radio, we hope you're inspired to live that kind of life every day. Connecting Faith to Life, Faith Radio. I would guess, I would say, I would guess nearly everybody, whether they're religious or not, has heard Psalm 23. I bet it's, uh, you know, it's quoted so frequently. It's, it's, um, I've even heard it done in popular movies. It's, it's heard all the time. It's been quoted in music and literature and certainly in the words of, of, of worship services. And when we have these psalms and we know and love them, and they come into our minds when we need them. Psalm 23 seems to be one of the ones that pops up so often. It's just one of those that's always sort of there waiting to get into your mind and heart. Um, my guest, Beverly Canaris, is a regular guest on the show, and she uh, taught Bible study fellowship for over 30 years and loves to now mentor women. And uh, Bev, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Bill. Great to be here. Yeah. So we're going to chat about Psalm 23 today, which excites me um, because like we, like I just said, uh, people religious and un- and non-religious hear it all the time. Well, it's a good one, too. When you're listening to the radio, you can actually kind of be familiar with the scriptures. So it's, it's a fun one to do when you're just using your ears and maybe you don't have the scripture in front of you. Um, but what can happen with these very, very familiar passages? We can kind of just say them and not... and. and even appreciate them, but really not take time to think about what the deeper meaning is for us or how we might apply that today to our life. So hopefully we're going to accomplish that um, in our time together here today, Bill. I bet if you stop someone on the street and you said, the Lord is my shepherd, fill in the rest, I bet mo- I bet a lot of people would say the right answer. Yeah. I mean, probably not in the right order, but they, the would, right... they would come up with phrases. For they sure. would come up with something. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's one of those psalms that is often heard at funerals, isn't it? Yeah, it, it really is. Um, for all types of people and all types of religions, really. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that this is kind of a continuation of our talk, Bill, we did a few months ago about the great I am's of Jesus. And one of his great I am's is, of course, found in John 10, where Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And you pointed out earlier how in, is it Hebrews, where Jesus is called what? The great shepherd. Great shepherd. Mm-hmm. So I like all those adjectives. They're all true. And it just points to the unique uh, shepherd that he is in in our life. And he's the shepherd, the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. Um, Jesus, I know we're talking about the Old Testament in Psalm 23, but you can take that, um, the Lord is our shepherd, and you can apply it with John 10, uh, that Jesus is the good shepherd, and we can put those two thoughts together. So as we think of through this Psalm 23... It's, it's right to think about Jesus being this good shepherd. Jesus is the Lord, the one who brings really into full fruition all that having Jesus as our good shepherd really reveals to us. So we're going to look at these six verses, and it's interesting that it's only six verses. When I was really studying it, I thought, wait a second, did I know that? Only six verses? I would have thought 14. It, it seems so much longer. Oh, it seems way longer than six. Yeah. Each phrase is so... Uh, filled with truth and beauty and heaviness and, true, uh, you know, who God is, that it feels like it's more. 
but it it's not. Back in 1970, there was a man by the name of Philip Keller. He wrote a book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And I read that as I was thinking and meditating on Psalm 23 this, these last few weeks. And he really helped me to understand the peculiar <laughs> behavior of sheep. Um, and so some of what I'm going to be saying here is his take. He was a shepherd and had uh, uh, he farmed these animals and knew them well and understood the ancient form of shepherding as well as what it is today. So some of these ideas about what, how a sheep acts is really um, his experience that I'm going to relay on now today. So the first thing he really emphasizes a great deal is that sheep are high maintenance. You know, sometimes people call other people high maintenance. Well, these sheep truly are high maintenance. They really require a committed, a concerned um, a shepherd who is really vigilant in their care. You know, sheep are not known to be smart animals. They, they, and there's good reasons for that. Their behavior often, they will get themselves into trouble. They will nibble on a little bit of grass and then the next little bit, and before they know it, they're lost. Or what they will do, they will overgraze their land so that it just ruins it. There, there's no more green grass. No, the, the, pl- the fields are gone. They'll their own eating area. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And they're known to get pests. They've got all that wonderful wool that we like. And then they get wool issues of matting and and parasites and scabies. Um, they get predators. They they need protection in the on in the winters and from the harsh weather. So really, um, a sheep requires that constant care, and the Lord calls us his sheep. So that should tell us we really do need the Lord. We really do need a good shepherd. And there's one peculiarity about sheep that I think is really interesting. At least it really caught my attention. Once a sheep uh, will lay down like in the grass and start nibbling or turning a little bit, they can turn on their back and their legs go up in the air, and they can't right themselves. Mm-hmm. It's called being cast down. Yes. And is that a picture for us of what happens to us in our life sometimes? They're sitting we feel ducks. cast down. They can't yeah. right themselves up. All the blood drains from their legs, yep. pools in their stomach, and they have to get uh, help from an outside source or they're going to perish. So in this psalm, people here are the sheep. And the Lord is the shepherd, obviously. It's written from the sheep point of view, interestingly enough. It's not written from the shepherd. Psalm 23, taken to heart, really should encourage us in our daily life. It should help us to know and to love the Lord more. This is something we need to hear today and to hear it in light of our circumstances today. Another interesting, unique feature about this psalm is that there's not the usual doubts and um, anxieties, you know, Bill, how it goes from in a lot of these psalms, he goes from anxiety to making proclamations of faith and what's true about God. And then at the end, he's praising God. But you don't see that process here. You really see him lifting up, um, uh, giving glory to this great shepherd. Um, psalm 23 was written by David. It's one of his psalms. Remember, David was a real prominent character in the Old Testament who himself was a shepherd. So he really knows what he's talking about here. He was known to use his slingshot uh, to kill bears and protect his sheep. It was hard work. He was the youngest one in a large family of sons, but he got stuck caring for the sheep because it was so hard. 
But really, David used the role of shepherd to prepare him for the leadership that he was to have in Israel. God also used David's shepherding to teach him more about himself. He saw the illustration there of God being his shepherd. Mm-hmm. All right, I think we're going to take a little break. Um, interesting that I think there's about 100 references in Scripture to God being the good shepherd and about 400 references to us being sheep. And we have to rid ourselves of the idea that these are cute little cuddly animals. Uh, they're pretty filthy and stupid. <laughs> yes, they are. Interesting metaphor, isn't it? Yes, it's a very good metaphor, yeah. actually. Yeah. It really is. We can relate in many ways. Oh, yeah, indeed. We'll take a little break. When we come back, lots more Beverly Canaris is in studio. We're talking about Psalm 23. So get it out. It's only six verses. We're going to go through every one. You're going to love this. Twenty-seven says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Beverly Canaris is in studio. We're talking about Psalm 23, loving this. So there's only six verses. Where do we pick up, Bev? Let's start with verse 1. All right, fair enough. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Or an older version would say, I shall not want. So let's just break it down kind of in two parts here. The Lord is my shepherd. As you said earlier in the program, that uh, God calls himself the people's shepherd again and again and again in Scripture. And Isaiah 40, verse 11, is an example of that. He, God, tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. I love this verse. I always love it when I'm praying, too, for a pregnancy or a new mom. It's just such a beautiful picture. But what does this tell us about God? How does he shepherd? Well, he tends us. He gathers us. He carries us close to his heart. He loves. He protects. He leads in a way that is conscious of our maturity, of our circumstances in life. So that is a beautiful thing. This is who our God, our shepherd is. And David knew the Lord to be this for him. David had a real intimate relationship with the Lord. He submitted to the Lord's care. He looked to the Lord for his leadership. And then in John 10, um, Jesus called himself the good shepherd. And then he goes on to describe what he does for the sheep. He knows them by name. That's a very comforting thought to know that he knows my name. He has a personal care for each sheep. He keeps track of us. He provides for us. He heals our wounds. He protects us from predators. And I love the idea that he's fearless in defending us. This is who God, our good shepherd, is. That's wonderful. Beautiful picture of mm-hmm. who he really is. But then in John 10, too, he contrasts what a false shepherd is, or Satan, the enemy, um, people in our life who are false shepherds. They want to control us for their own use, to prosper themselves in some way. False shepherds will run away when things get tough or a predator threatens. So very different from the good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. The word Lord here really means the all-sufficient one, the all-powerful one, Lord, all-knowing one. This is who is my shepherd. All that he is, all his inexhaustible resources that he has, is at work in my life. 
the Lord Shepherd will never change any of these attributes. What's true for David then is true for you and for me today. There's been times in my life, Bill, where I had to really, really cling to the Good Shepherd um, tenaciously in order to just get through the next day. I know in the past two years, I walked through a retirement process that lasted a year, and it was unnavigated waters to me. And I remember my quiet time in the mornings, I would just literally be, feel like I'm, I'm hanging on his leg, um, going, asking him for what to do today for this. How do I do this? How do I do that? So he has been, um, really, it's been this idea of him being a shepherd has been so real to me in these last few years. But I just want to ask the audience then, is the Lord your shepherd? David said, the Lord is my shepherd. So does that mean that he's your manager, your boss, your caregiver? One thing you can be certain about sheep, they don't take care of themselves. And we don't do much better trying to take care of ourselves. But do you know him to be the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the only true shepherd? Sometimes we can have wrong thinking about God and his motives and how involved he is in our life. I think at the cross, Jesus, the good shepherd, really proved his desire to come alongside of us, to be under his gracious care. He laid down his life for me, the sheep. Wow. The last part of that was, I lack nothing. Now, you probably want to put a big exclamation point next to that, don't you, Bill, and say, how is that possible? How's that possible? Don't we all want something? Don't we all have a list of desires unfulfilled? I think we do. But because... The good shepherd is every, has every resource that belongs to him, and he makes many available to us. He made us, he chose us to be his sheep through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Really, a shepherd is the knowing him in our life. He's the secret to contentment in want and in plenty. The Apostle Paul said he discovered that. And what is that? It's the presence of the Lord in our lives. Uh, It's not that we get that new sofa we want or that vacation we may want or even the healing we may want, but God gives what we need when we need it. And the Lord, the, the thing that I really think Scripture emphasizes is the Lord has provided that salvation that we need through the shepherd. He has given us that new life with him um, coming under his care and concern, and that is really having everything, isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, Bev, I'd love to just talk a little bit about the role of shepherd. I mean, when we're born into this world, our first shepherds are our parents because they take care of us. We can't take care of ourselves. No, that's a real picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if they don't take care of us, we don't live. Right. Um, And then if that shepherd role is not done well, and maybe parents aren't together or they don't fulfill the role, I know when you hit those teenage years, you might be interested in what the kid down the block who's three years older um, is doing, and you might find that attractive. That person might become like a partial shepherd, right. join a gang. Right. I mean, get involved in a, um, a group of friends that aren't going to be healthy for you. We all have the uh, the desire to belong. Yes, of course. And, and this belonging to knowing that we belong to the good shepherd and that he has all these resources and wants to um, be involved in our life, wants to show us the way to live, um, that that can help us avoid some of those things. But you're right. We all have that desire, that need to have a shepherd, to have someone lead us, show us the way. This is why mentoring is so popular right now. People want someone to help navigate life. And that's 
what God is saying, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who can help lead you through these uh, treacherous areas in your life and even through the good times and, and give them meaning and give you hope when things aren't great uh, because I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Who will you be giving your authority to? Who will be right. having authority in your life? Right. And, of course, there's no one like the good shepherd, no. Jesus. No, he's no. the best of bosses. Yeah, <laughs> like a little kids will say, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> you know? But for, to, to say that God is my boss, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I gladly long. submit to that authority and know that I don't even know what's good for myself, but he does. Mm-hmm. We might have, I mean, there might be listeners that say, I have a hard time understanding this role of shepherd, especially if my parents, you know, were, were not that good at shepherding me and other partial shepherds were abusive and destructive and led me down a wrong path, and I ended up feeling neglected and abused. Now all of a sudden you want me to sign up for this good shepherd. How can I trust that? Good point. How can you trust it? Mm-hmm. You know, Because your very first authority figures um, have disappointed you and hurt you, mm-hmm. so you naturally have an issue with authority figures. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And, and these, is, you know, these are some of the things that happen in our society of, you know, we're very broken people. All right. Well, let's go on to verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside quiet waters. Now, can you feel your blood pressure going down a little bit after you read that? Uh, I kind of do too. You see, the nature of sheep, they're skittish. It doesn't take anything to send them off. Spook them. Spook them running. They won't even rest. They will not feed or drink if they have this skittishness, if they're afraid of something or in distress. I think that really sounds like many of us, doesn't it? To sleep and to rest... We have screens in our face all day long. We have stress. We have busyness. We have work pressures. We have family pressures. We have ill health. We have worry. We have anxiety. It all keeps us from resting. Even with our eyes open, you can be resting. doesn't necessarily mean sound asleep. We struggle to have an inward peace so that we can rest. We don't take care of ourselves, just like these sheep, because we are so, we've got all of this around us that is stirring our waters, and we're not coming into the green pastures where we can get peace. All this is really proof that we need a shepherd and a guide who will take us to a place of rest and a place where we can get strengthened again. Um. I think it's a beautiful picture that even the sheep in the pasture, they will settle down if they see the shepherd. Mm -hmm. So just the shepherd's presence alone will calm the bunch of them. Um, I love the passage where the Apostle Paul said, Christ stood beside me, and he spoke with Paul when he was in a hard place. So that is a beautiful picture of of the shepherd beside him. All right, we're going to take a little break. We'll be uh, back with lots more of Psalm 23. You know, Bev, a horse without a wrangler is a wild horse, but a sheep without a shepherd is a dead sheep. They will not make it. (laughs) No, they won't. But a a horse can be fine. They'll they'll survive. Yeah, they can roam roam the hills. But not a sheep. (laughs) No, gone. Perfect metaphor for us and our relationship to God as the good shepherd. It's in him that we put our hope and trust and faith and confidence. We'll take a little break. Beverly Canaris is in studio. We're talking about Psalm 23. You're not going to want to miss any of this. We'll be right back.
gets to you beautiful talking about uh, psalm 23 with beverly canary she's in studio and of course this this makes my mind bounce all over the place bev with verses i was thinking of also of psalm 18 verse 19 he says he brought me out into a spacious place he rescued me because he delighted in me and i was thinking about uh, verse 2 about the green pastures and still and still waters mm. that's a, a good verse that really just perfectly matches up with that, it doesn't does. it? Uh-huh. it? You know, it does for me. God rarely says something once. It, he will say it over and over again because we need to hear it over and over again. Um, you know, he really leads us to these quiet places, to these green pastures, because we that's what we need. We crave something deep in our soul. We create. We crave love. We crave acceptance, affirmation, purpose. And so as we feed our soul in relationship with him, we, we get those things. We feed on him through the word, through prayer, through a relationship with him, through worship. Then we can come to a better place where we can rest and lie down in knowing who God is and what he wants to do for us. But there's another idea in this idea of rest. Hebrew goes into this a great deal, the book of Hebrews as well, how that we can rest and lie down in that Christ has done the work of salvation for us. We rest in his finished work. It's done. It is finished on the cross. Our punishment for our sin is forgiven and over as we, through faith, receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can rest our burden of sin on him. Jesus said, come to me, all you are weary, heavy burden, I'll give you rest. He who comes to me will never be thirsty. So out of us then, when we receive Christ and we receive the work that he's done for us, Christ promises that rivers, rivers of living water are going to flow out of us. So that means we're going to be have what our soul is thirsty for, and we're going to have such an abundance, we're going to be able to share it with others. So really, I think this verse too is Christ promises us peace, not peace like the world's offered. It also tells us that he is our sustainer, the one who satisfies like nothing in this world could. Verse 3 is one of my favorite. He refreshes my soul. There's something so uh, wonderful about that word of being refreshed. And then it finishes its thought with, He guides me along the right paths or paths of righteousness for his namesake. He's the one, our Lord, our shepherd, refreshes our soul when we come to him. We can pray, ask God for refreshment. Maybe that's exactly the word of the day for you as you're listening to this. I need refreshment. And there's no one who can refresh you like the Lord. He can give you new strength, new hope, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And let God refresh you on his terms, right? Exactly. Again, we don't know what's going to truly refresh us. We don't. Sometimes we think, oh, going and I'm going to help out on this Wednesday night program. Oh, I'm too tired. I can't do it. All the kids, all the noise. So you're saying I don't have to now? Uh, yes, you still have to go there. Uh, but all of a sudden you go there and he refreshes you right. through your, your giving yourself your energies, giving up your time. You walk away refreshed in your soul with new vision, new clarity uh, for your life. You know, I think in this world we have a constant need for this kind of refreshing. 
And we often, instead of looking to the Lord, we look to circumstances. Well, if this changes or that changes, or if I get this or don't get that, I'll be refreshed. But this verse says he's going to refresh our soul and restore our soul. That is something unique. The good shepherd, he is the refreshment. He refreshes, he restores us in our soul, which is our essential being. So it's a deepening that, you know, a long hot shower just isn't going to get. Yeah, you might feel a little better, but the true refreshment down deep inside can come only from the Lord. Um, When a sheep is cast down, we talked about that with, you get the funny picture with their feet Mm -hmm. up in the air, you know, on their back, unable to get up. Timing is critical at that point. It, It is. That's really the picture of many of us. Um, we are like those sheep cast down with our feet up in the air, can't really help ourselves. We need that caring shepherd, the Lord, the one who has all compassion to come and to minister to us in our cast down state. See, even if we got ourselves into that state, which these sheep do, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, we can have really a distorted view of God who says, oh, well, you made your bed, now lie in it. And that's not our compassionate God. He comes to us. When we call out to him, he will come, he will help, he will write our life as we follow him. Another thing that can cause sheep problems is the wool can get so heavy on their bodies that it causes them to go into this state. And the wool is really a picture of our um, our own self-life. We can get weighed down by our expectations on ourself, our perfectionism, our busyness, whatever that might be. Um, God may have to do some shearing in our lives so we can be restored. And he knows what just needs to go, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. He guides me along right paths for his namesake or righteousness. God is, when you're looking for guidance in your life, he's always going to guide you towards what's right and what will honor his name. So I think that's really an important truth for For us to keep in mind to keep in mind, Mm -hmm. right? We can just kind of skip over that little phrase and Mm, not really think that through. But righteousness and his namesake are connected there. The false shepherds will only lead us in an area where we're going to be hurt, where we're going to destroy our lives. The enemy will whisper, do this, you deserve this, whatever, and it leads to destruction. When we follow the Lord's guidance, he will lead us in a way that leads to the life of pleasing God. We follow the Lord's lead when we know and follow what he said in the Bible. That's how we really follow our shepherd. We follow him in the direction he lays out there. I always need to be aware of who I'm following because I can start following other things. I can start following the latest and the newest Mm -hmm. or uh, this particular line of thought or that line of thought. And it really is not according to God's righteous word. And so I have to constantly be checking myself. Um, Is this just my own selfish desire? Am I following my friends, the trends, society? I wonder if the Lord has been asking a particular listener to follow him in a certain direction, yet you have not followed. Think about that. Are you choosing not to follow that path of righteousness that he's asking you to take? Our lives are be to really be about glorifying God, following him. And that's the only way to do that is to follow. You know, the sheep, we talked about how they will overgraze in a particular area. They need a shepherd who understands them and is going to lead them to the next field for their benefit. So where are we lingering and not following? So we're bringing harm to our lives, perhaps to those even around us. I kind of get a picture here of a rut. These animals just 
do a big rut Mm -hmm. and they can't get themselves out of it. And sometimes life can feel like you're in a real rut and you don't know what to do. But Jesus makes a beautiful promise in Mark 8. If any person will follow me, let them take up their cross and follow me. To take up your cross means just not following what you want to do now. Now you're willing and you're submitting to the will of the Lord to follow his way. The Lord, the good shepherd, wants us to follow, wants us to walk with him. So that's verse 3. That's awesome. You think of the fact that the sheep have got more grazing on either side of them, but they don't go do it because they need to be led into that area. Otherwise, they'll just stay put. They're really quite um, stupid animals. Yeah, and so are we. We get ourselves in these ruts. We I go. Was getting uh, to that. Oh, you were getting to that. I'm sorry. You <laughs> no, go right, right ahead and. No, no, think, I'm just thinking uh, of myself now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's true. We get into these ruts of, of habits that are very destructive in our mm-hmm. lives, whether it be some kind of an addiction or unhealthy habits ways we use our time or unhealthy habits for our health. There are many ruts that we make for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so we need God's help. We need his strength because we're in a rut. We can't get out. Our legs are up in the air. Right. Um, So it's it's quite a picture. Now, verse 4, you hear, most people can remember this verse too. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, Philip Keller gives us a good picture of what this really is. This is uh, when the shepherd takes the sheep from the um, in the spring through this the valleys in order to get to the summer highlands where the the grass is so green and they get wonderful nutrients up there. But before they can get to the highlands, they have to go through these valleys. Um, and now in these valleys on both sides, you know, coming up, there's predators and they're watching the sheep, waiting for a turn to, to grab one of the sheep. Um, the shepherd would have to be really vigilant um, because the sheep are in this vulnerable place. The risk had a reward, though, and our lives, when we're in those valleys, uh, we're very vulnerable. We're fearful. We cannot see in the valley. It's dark in the valley. You know how in a valley the sun is blocked. We don't understand God's way. Why are you leading me this way? Why this? We cannot see the good that could possibly come from this scary path that we're on right now. Uh, We're at a low point of suffering. There seems to be no way out. We worry it's going to be the end of us. You know, any minute I'm just going to be destroyed. Well, saints of the past described this really as the dark night of the soul. And that is the valley of the shadow. Um, In the valley, we are more vulnerable to wrong thinking about God. Where are you, God? You don't care what's going on. We often want immediate relief or we stop following the shepherd and take off on our own. Now, we know what happens when an animal cuts the herd and starts taking off on their own because they're afraid of a predator. What happens? They isolate. They isolate. That, that's they're right. In trouble. They, they're they are really in trouble. Yeah. Right. But that's what we sometimes do. We mm-hmm. isolate ourselves. We take off from the path that God has for us, and we try to strike it out on our own. We'll, we'll go alone. We'll do it alone. Yeah. yeah. Fear and panic yeah. takes over. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a very um, vulnerable place to be. The valleys, the good news here is the valleys are meant to take us to that higher ground, that rich field where we can grow and mature spiritually. Now, this may even mean, and for many people it has meant, literal death. I, I remember reading my, my father's scripture, and I read Psalm 23 at his death. This really 
This is a picture of being with us in the valley of the shadow of death. It's, it's a picture of being taken to the highlands to, to take this experience that is dark and it's going to bring us into the highlands of heaven and of God's higher purposes. And we don't always know what those higher purposes are in our situations. We can't see the green pasture in this circumstance at all. It makes no sense to us. But that's where we have to keep our eyes on the shepherd and trust. All right, Bev, I think I might take a little break. You know, I've got vigilant uh, listeners. They they keep everything honest, which I love. And uh, a listener named Bill said... Um, she, he's listening and just said, you know, it, you had mentioned slingshot when it was technically a sling, um, which consisted of a pair of thongs with a leather pouch. And these were weapons of war. I mean, they could, you could put something in the size of a softball in them and fire them at 100 miles an hour. And this is how skilled David was with yeah. defending his flock. Yeah. And, and when you hear about stories of him taking out bears and lions and stuff, and you go, what? Come on, he didn't do that. Yeah, we're thinking of a child's slingshot. That's a very good point. Yeah, and it was it was a weapon of war. This sling and the people who were slingers, they knew what they were doing. And this thing, and it wasn't just where you draw back. No, no, no. It was a it was a long thing. They would really build up speed and and power. And the people and the people that were good at that were they could take out. they could take out predators quite easily with those. All right, let me take a little break. We'll be back with Beverly Canaris. We're talking about Psalm 23. We're looking at Psalm 23 today with Beverly Canaris. She's in the studio, and we're loving this got two and a half verses to go bev in about mm, 11 minutes we can do this okay um the next phrase in verse four is i'll fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me so remember they're going through the valley of the shadow of death now and yet they're finding comfort as they look to the shepherd because number one he's with them and he's with us and then it talks about God's rod and staff, how they comfort him. So I, I, when I think of a rod, I think of a, um, being hit with it. So I, I wondered why they would think that that was comfort. But actually, this rod was a defense mechanism that the shepherds used, just like the sling, as I've learned, um, would be protection against any kind of predators on the flock. So the rod was there. And also, the um, it goes on to say not only the rod, but the staff comfort him. And, of course, we have this picture of the crooked staff of the shepherd. And those two p- tools of the shepherd would give the flock comfort knowing of their protection that they offered. Um, it also, uh, this staff could be used where the shepherd would reach out and grab a sheep from the water if he fell in or grab him and just bring him close to himself. Mm-hmm. I love that picture of just the the good shepherd and I'm that little sheep and he's drawing me into himself when, when I draw near to him in prayer. Notice here too that the sheep make a decision not to fear. That's powerful to me. I will fear no evil for you are with me. They're deciding they're not going to go there. He lists two very good reasons for the for the lack of fear, and of course that was the rod and the staff. I love the fact when God says that he's a warrior, and he really is a warrior on our behalf. He has these tools. He has all the resources available to him. 
We need only to be still and keep following him. So I wonder, are you a worrier? Can you picture the shepherd near you? I love the old picture that was probably in a lot of children's bedrooms in the 50s and 60s of a sheep on the back of Jesus's neck. Mm -hmm. Do you just get that picture? I mean, if you could just picture that when you're praying. Yeah. You've got, he, your your head is right by his ear. That's very sweet. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. Um, but that's really how I picture this. I fear no evil, you are with me. Um, that is a beautiful picture of who God is as the good shepherd. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Well, the shepherd often went ahead of the sheep to make sure all the preparations were necessary for the sheep. He would search these fields for any poisonous plants or it put down some minerals and some salt so that the sheep would have a a good diet. I often go back to the thought that God goes before me. He knew this is I was going to be in this position before and he's here with me now. And that I also have confidence that he goes ahead of me to prepare my way in the future. So this is really just a beautiful picture of the care of the Lord. He's prepared. He's gone ahead of us to prepare what we're going to need in the future. The Lord, our shepherd, provides for us as well in the midst of really hard circumstances. He has unlimited resources. He's going to provide the provisions we need. Sometimes we think we need more than what we really do or We don't realize what we need. Um, They're on the table. He prepares a table before me. All these beautiful promises throughout Scripture, those are all the beautiful food laid out. But will we take them? Will we put put our name on that promise and and expect God to, um, to give what we might need? Jesus paid a tremendous price so we could have all we need to be made right with God. So, We could come and feast at God's table now into eternity. So he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies, whether the enemy be ourself or circumstances, whatever it is. He has resources waiting for us. Then you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Do you know what the worst pest to the sheep was, Bill? Nose flies. Ooh, Ooh, the dreaded nose flies. (laughs) And what the shepherd would do, they'd take, oils and they use different kinds of oils in different areas but and then they would put it on the sheep and immediately the sheep would settle down because these flies were so irritating for them it really literally could drive them crazy go out of their mind they would get into the brain through the the nostrils so when the shepherd applied the medicine of oil the sheep became calm again now many know that in the in the scriptures oil represents the holy spirit it also represents joy When we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell permanently in the believer. God is with us. This Spirit is on us, and it's guaranteeing our eternal life. The Lord heals my wounds by the wounds of Christ. So he's applying that oil. This reveals that the Lord, our good shepherds, is hands-on with us. You anoint my head with oil. That is so beautiful, touching. I think think that was also a a Middle Eastern cultural practice if you had a feast or a banquet the host would anoint you with a fragrant oil hmm, beautiful yeah i guess it was just the hosts were expected to be pr- very protective of their guests yeah. when they're in their sure. home or in you know that was that their responsibility i don't know what all that involved but i think washing feet sure would be in that category and how the the woman with the 
uh, terrible background came in and anointed the head of Christ. Mm-hmm. And Jesus rebuked the host saying, you didn't even provide water for my feet, but here she is bathing me in oil. Yeah, and that God offers the protection um, from our enemies all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This anointing oil really sets us apart and equips us to serve him as well. My cup overflows. Mm-hmm. God is putting in us so that we can flow out to others. My cup overflows. The shepherd gives us all in abundance, in a very generous way. Um, the Lord gives to us so that we will overflow then to others. Whatever the Lord gives us, Bill, is never just for us. Mm-hmm. It's always to be shared with the benefit in order to benefit others, whether it's your Bible knowledge, your money, um, that beautiful home, your talent, your giftedness, your family, your time, all are to be um, means of blessing to others. We're not to be a pool that gets um, insipid and, and stinky. We are to be these living waters where God's blessings come into us and they flow out of us. Do you notice the word you in there? Um, you anoint yeah. my head with oil? Yes, mm-hmm. twice it's used in this verse. You prepare a table, you anoint my head. It's important to be aware of the source of our blessings. We're to acknowledge and have, um, give him thanks and praise to the good shepherd and honor him for the provisions um, that he does give us in our life and for his presence. So all these things really are more than we deserve. Amen. Finally, verse 6, we're here, we're making it. We Surely make your it. goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This verse really exemplifies the um, confidence the sheep had in the shepherd. Um, David is absolutely confident of all of God's promises, that they're true, that, that God has his front and his back. In fact, one of my verses I read this morning in Psalm 125 says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surround his people both now and forever. So just you're kind of in a bubble. God has you there, and he knows exactly what comes in, what goes out, and what's ahead. He has each one of our days. Each hour is covered. Um, He appoints my days, each one of them. The sheep know their shepherd and will never stop loving and caring for the sheep. Uh, The shepherd will never stop loving. Um, They're going to be together forever. That's what I love about this verse, too. It says, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We dwell with the Lord here and now. Eternal life starts right now when we confess Christ, and we're going to dwell with him because of Christ in his heavenly kingdom eternally. His love and care for us will never run out. Powerful, beautiful. Uh, We all need a shepherd, not a tyrant. When we know God is the Lord, the good shepherd, our lives, Bill, can be totally turned Mm -hmm. around. He's not an angry boss. No, not at all. He's a loving shepherd. So I just want to invite your listeners to take another look at this familiar psalm. And as you read and meditate on these verses, ask yourself, what does this tell me about God? Number one, the Lord, the Good Shepherd. And how can I apply these truths to my situation I'm in today? And I ask, is he your shepherd? Or are you ignoring the care and love he wants to give you? Have you been like that sheep that broke out of the flock and now you're in peril? He's going to come looking for you. Even if you're the only lost sheep, he comes to look for that which was lost. So Jesus is still the good shepherd, and he's provided a way to have abundant, eternal life with him, a life sharing together as our good shepherd. Beautiful psalm to not only memorize, but to really think deeply about into our own lives and how that fits today. Mm. 
Bev, can you read those six verses for us as we close? I sure can. Mm-hmm. Get there. Or I can start reading. Go ahead and start. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest, the, the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Beautiful psalm. Yes. Really, really nice to go through this verse by verse. Thank you so much for doing this and coming into the studio today. It's been a blessing for me, really, just to really be meditating on these verses that yeah. are so familiar. I love this. I love this This psalm. It's beautiful. All right, that wraps up our hour with Beverly Canaris. Thank you for... Uh, being with us today. I hope you are now looking at Psalm 23 once again in a fresh way, asking God, what is it? Is he your shepherd? And are you accepting the love he wants to give you? Um, He will give you an abundant life and eternal life if you respond to him in love and commit to follow him. We'll take a little break and then hour two is just ahead. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.